Know what to eat, but find yourself not eating it. Perhaps you've been on diets and off again, and just wonder why you can't stick to them. The Eating For You podcast, hosted by me, Sally Ann Pisk, will show you what's been missing so you can enjoy a healthier way of eating that lasts. Hi, Sally Ann here. In this episode, I'm going to explore why focusing on weight actually makes it impossible to be healthy. I know this sounds counterintuitive because we have been told for so long that we have to lose weight to be healthy. A nationally representative survey of Australians shows that women and men set health goals for 2024. I was pleased to read that weight loss was not the top health goal for men or women, but it's still in the top three. 46% of women want to eat healthier, 38% hope to lose weight. 38% also want to be fitter. For men, fitness was the top goal. 34% of men want to improve their fitness. 32% want to eat healthier. And 28% want to lose weight. I know from my clients in the Eating For You community that even though eating healthier and fitness are important, there is that secret desire to lose weight as well. Before we delve into why losing weight should never be a goal, let's briefly discuss what healthy weight is. My definition goes like this. Your natural healthy weight is the weight that you can maintain while you're eating foods that provide both nutrients and pleasure. You're sleeping well for seven to eight hours every night, participating in daily movement and enjoying optimal health. There's something extra I want to add in to this definition and it's about how you actually feel in your own body and it's something that I experienced and I encourage other ladies that I work with to experience is what it feels like at different weights and my weight as an adult fluctuated in a 20 kilo range and I know at my lowest weight I felt very weak from restricting food, from being underweight, I didn't feel grounded and then at my highest weight I did feel heavy and that's not because of the number on the scales. It was definitely more effort to move, I wasn't as agile and I felt uncomfortable because I couldn't do the day-to-day things uh, as easily uh, when I was at a lower weight. And then the weight that I ended up at, which is kind of midway between my highest and lowest weight, is a weight where I feel grounded, I feel strong, but I'm still agile and fit and flexible and able to participate in all of the activities that I want to do. I do have to make sure I get enough sleep though. Like everybody else, I need my sleep. But I hope that definition of natural healthy weight will allow you to think about how you feel in your body and taking away that number on the scales is so important to get to that true connection of how you're feeling. Just going back to what I mean by daily movement, and for me that includes active transport, whether that's walking or cycling uh, to get to places. It might be set sports or exercise programs, but don't forget incidental movement that you might get from gardening, house cleaning and other tasks. All of the movement we do is important for our muscles, it's important for our cardiovascular fitness as well. 
Enjoying optimal health means something different for everyone and it could mean maintaining high levels of fitness for some, maintaining blood glucose levels in the recommended range, or for others it could be living without pain or manageable pain levels due to their health conditions or perhaps recovery from surgery. Now my definition of natural healthy weight wasn't always like this. As a newly qualified dietitian, I referred to height for weight tables, body mass index and waist measures to help my clients find their ideal weight. I know that's a burden that I have to carry, but that came from my training. And it was really through my own experience bouncing between restrictive and comfort eating and setting goals for weight based on tables and other guidelines and following a diet, I realized this method was never going to work for me. It doesn't work for my clients either. My clients tell me when they reflect on this concept of natural healthy weight, that they were an ideal weight before they started dieting. And that makes me feel really sad, but I understand what they're saying. Back then, did they fit into the healthy weight tables or recommended BMI? No, they didn't. But they weighed significantly less than before they started dieting and weighing themselves daily. So watching your weight hasn't helped you up until now, and it's not going to help you in the future either. As Christine shared with me, I dieted myself to obesity and picked up diabetes, arthritis, osteoporosis and high blood pressure along the way. The statistics around weight loss diets are just horrible, really depressing. 126 diets in a lifetime, fad diets lasting 6 to 15 days. Uh, the one that always pulls on my heartstrings is that research suggests on average women lose their body weight 9 times in their lifetime. Less than 1% stick to a diet for 12 months and at the beginning of 2022, 60% of Australians were trying to lose weight. Being on and off diets for 10, 20, 30 or more years creates a number of health concerns. You don't achieve that lasting result for your weight. It yo-yos. And there's a few reasons why this happens. And a physical or biological reason why it happens is due to our metabolism being reduced or our metabolic rate being reduced after we lose weight. Because when we lose weight, we don't just lose fat, we lose muscle as well. And muscle equates to our engine size. So just say you started with a V8 engine and then after dieting, you ended up with a four-cylinder engine. When you put weight back on, you've got the bigger body that goes with the V8 engine, but you've only got a four-cylinder engine. So you need less fuel, less food to actually maintain a higher weight. Yep, that's how the body works. Doesn't mean that you can't gradually increase your metabolic rate by looking at the foods you're eating, by doing you know, resistant exercise and ensuring you're getting good sleep. But that's the reality, especially of diets that cause rapid weight loss. There are other negative health consequences of dieting as well, such as osteoporosis and other nutrient deficiencies depending on the diet plan you're following. And also there's some research in young women who are repeated dieters, that they have an increased risk for heart disease 
and I'm talking about women who are in their 20s. So there's definitely a dislike to restrictive weight loss diets by our own physiology. Our own bodies are rejecting diets for many reasons. Diets and focusing on weight doesn't get to the bottom of the real problem and that's your eating habits. And I'm going to be talking more about these eating habits and how we can change these eating habits later in the podcast. But I do have a favorite saying that you can take the food out of the pantry, out of the refrigerator, but you can just go to the shops and buy more. Taking the food away does not change your desire to eat those high fat, high salty or high sugary foods. Focusing on weight and restricting foods causes us to overeat those restricted foods. Some women would even say to me, I just binge eat them when I eat them. And part of that is, well, if I eat them all now, I can get back on the diet tomorrow. And you know, that diet, that daily, weekly, you know, three monthly, six monthly, however long you stick to a diet, this on and off and restriction and then overeating just keeps that cycle going. Weight loss diets can create confusion and overwhelm as well. You know, is it paleo? Is it plant-based? Is it low fat, high fat, low carb? You know, it just goes on and on. And having worked in health for over 30 years, I've seen these fads come and go, come and go, come and go. And there's just no need for it. But I know that promise of weight loss is just so overwhelming. But I'm hoping by sharing some of these negative consequences of focusing on weight and dieting will allow you to open your mind to repairing your relationship with food and having a way of healthier eating that lasts. The other thing about dieting rules is that they override your natural intuitive eating. And I can recall when I was in my dieting phase that I would reward myself for not eating when I was hungry. Uh, now that is counterintuitive because in a mindfulness-based approach, we encourage you to tune into that physical hunger, eat when you're hungry and stop before you're full. But when you're being told how much to eat, when to eat, what foods to eat, you do not get that ability to actually learn how your body works and how you can best nourish it. Weight loss diets just rob you of too many hours in your life. And a survey by a company in the UK that provides healthy pre-prepared food for its clients surveyed their clients and found that on average, 17 years of an adult's life is spent trying to lose weight. That's a lot of life being focused on something that is really not going to bring you the result that you want. And then there's a whole emotional roller coaster of watching your weight. You know, many clients of mine have said to me, you know, when I lose weight, I eat to celebrate. When I gain weight, I eat to commiserate. Either way, you don't win. And I want to turn that around for you because these repeated dieting cycles do make you feel like a failure when it's definitely not your fault. If you've been on and off diet for 10, 20, 30, more years, it's not your fault. The method is flawed. The good news is there is an alternative. The eating for you approach came about because of my own journey away from restrictive and comfort eating habits. I spent around 10 years developing a method that worked for me as well as my clients. 
because it addresses the different reasons or drivers for eating. And these four fall into four main categories. Biological, that's got to do with our natural hunger cues. However, a lack of sleep can cause a hormone imbalance, which makes it difficult for us to tune into hunger and satiety. And some medications may affect your drive to eat as well. So it's really important that you talk to your healthcare practitioners about the medications that you're on and how they might be impacting your weight and overall health, even though they might be helping the condition that you're taking them for. Psychological drivers for eating include your beliefs about food and your ability to change your eating habits. It also covers both stress, comfort and emotional eating habits that you might have. And you can just group all together any eating habit that has got nothing to do with physical hunger. Now, dietological is all of the information and facts we've collected about food, nutrition and how to lose weight. And all of this is in your head. Unfortunately, some of it is probably even seeped into your programming of how you think. And it's conflicting because one diet's told you to do one thing, another diet's told you to do something else. You know, as I said before, you know, is it low fat, high protein, high fiber, plant-based, keto, paleo? Uh, it gets overwhelming, it gets all mixed up in your brain. Now, the sociological aspect of eating is really important as well. And that's the food rules that we grew up with in our family. And what I'm talking about is that, you know, you had to eat everything on your plate, even though you may have had no choice over how much food was on your plate. It might have something to do with, um, you know, eating foods or certain foods at special occasions, you know, not being able to eat dessert unless you ate all of your vegetables and meat first. They're the kind of food rules that are in our DNA probably because they do come from our parents. So they're very strong as well. And also in the wider community that we grow up, we have this concept of what an ideal weight or body shape might be. So we've got all of these drivers for eating and it's understanding them and understanding why just focusing on food is definitely not enough. Focusing on weight is definitely not enough to get the transformation in your relationship with food and those lasting results that you want. Now the end for you approach has, as I said, looked at those four areas, but I've broken them down into actual nine drivers for eating. And one is physical hunger. The other is health and prioritizing your health, ethical and spiritual reasons for eating, body image and how that impacts on how, what, when you eat, how you feel about food. Food knowledge and skills is another driver. Food preferences, eating for pleasure, emotions and stress. And the ninth driver is convenience eating. And the idea here is that we align those nine drivers so we experience health and happiness. It is as simple as that, but each of us have different drivers to work on. Let me explain. When I met Mary, she was about to retire. She hadn't quite retired, a healthcare practitioner. And she'd been on and off diets for 50 years and knew that was not going to be the solution for her and had a number of health conditions that she was wanting to get relief from through better eating and lifestyle choices. So after Mary relearned what physical hunger felt like, because like I shared before, like me, she had learned to override physical hunger when she was dieting. 
So when she really had a good feel, and I mean feel, a good understanding of what hunger feels like for her, she realised that the driver for eating that was taking her away from being able to achieve health was eating for pleasure. And that was partly due to her enjoyment of eating sweet, creamy foods, but also it was a little bit of rebellion from her dieting years as well, because they were the foods that were restricted. So for Mary, being able to go from automatically going into her favourite coffee shop, ordering her coffee and cake, sitting down and eating it, regretting eating the cake afterwards, to now being able to go into a coffee shop, order her coffee, think about whether she's hungry or not, ordering cake if she feels like it, or if she's not you know, hungry, not ordering anything, or if she's really hungry and it's close to a meal time, she'll order a meal instead of cake. And for her, that is just an amazing transformation and she has every right to feel proud of herself. She has control over her food choices now, but still the freedom to eat what she likes. For Judy, when we first met, she had been dieting on and off for around 50 years. A busy retiree, very active retiree, but was out of control with her eating and she knew she had uh, stress and emotional eating habits ate for comfort. One of Judy's biggest breakthroughs early in the program that she was working through with me was letting go of food rules and giving herself permission to eat all foods. So literally removing those good foods, bad foods labels, you know, an apple is the same as eating chocolate. And that allowed her to really uncover what physical hunger was, what nourishing food was for her and by having control and the freedom to choose what she wanted to eat, she could then start dismantling her stress and emotional eating habits because it was no longer reaching for sweet foods for comfort because those sweet foods didn't have those qualities anymore. And also, when I met her, whether she was hungry or not, and whether she was distressed or not, she would go for sweet foods. And one of her highest achievements that she likes to share is that on holidays, travelling with her husband, she went into this cafe, sorry, bakery, and all these yummy cakes, and she wasn't hungry. And she didn't want to eat any. She didn't even buy one to eat later. And she didn't feel deprived. She didn't feel... She just thought, no, I don't feel like this now, and that's okay. So a very different relationship with food, and it wasn't about dieting, it wasn't about restricting anything. It was about changing her relationship with food. Elizabeth came into the program with a focus on a different driver. She knew what healthy eating was, like all of the other ladies, even grew a great deal of her own food, but she just didn't have a system, an organised system in place for having convenient food and meals available uh, at the time. So the first driver we worked on was the convenience driver, you know, making sure the healthy food was ready to go for her busy lifestyle. Then she realised that she needed to tune in to physical hunger and get comfortable with eating at times that actually matched her natural hunger cycles rather than setting you know, a particular meal time to eat. So Mary, Judy and Elizabeth 
all change their relationship with food and also themselves by adopting the mindfulness approach that is promoted in the Eating For You programs. And each of them lost weight, but that's not what they were focusing on. Some of the ladies who come into the Eating For You programs don't need to lose weight, don't want to lose weight. But when you adjust your lifestyle choices, it really is allowing your body to get to that natural healthy weight I was talking about. If we try and push it towards a certain weight, that's not going to work. You know, we've got to take away those preconceived ideas about what our body weight needs to be and support it in finding that natural weight for us. So for Mary, Judy and Elizabeth, their journey all started with a free 45 minute call with me and I'm offering you to join me in that call if you would like to get lasting results for your eating and health. In the 45 minutes, we'll discuss your eating habits and goals, what you've tried so far, and if I can help you, I will outline a personalized plan for you. But this is definitely not a meal plan. It is a plan to help you change your relationship with food and your eating habits for good. So if you are after lasting results for your health, then please reserve a time with me today. The link to my calendar is available with this episode's note. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media pages. Thanks for listening and I look forward to sharing with you again next week. You have been listening to the Eating For You podcast with Sally Ann Pisk. If your current way of eating is not working for you, then join me in a free 15-minute mindful eating discovery call. If I can help you, I will provide you with a personalized tip to get you started with a way of eating that will bring lasting results for your weight and your health. And if I'm not the best person to help you, I will do my best to refer you on. The booking link is included with this episode's notes.